Alabama doesn't need much more motivation when it already has arguably the best roster in college football and inarguably to some the best coach in college football history. But here we are. The Tide lost to rival Georgia in the national championship game in January, and players and coaches are motivated now more than ever to win yet another national title under Nick Saban. It's Wednesday, April 20th. I'm Brandon Marcello, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. You know, Alabama wrapped up its spring with only a few questions left unanswered, and they also sent a big warning shot to the rest of the country with a defensive front that might challenge Clemson for the title as the sport's best. Oh, and Heisman winner Bryce Young returns to at quarterback. To learn more about the Tide's future, let's turn to Charlie Potter, Alabama insider for 24-7 Sports, Bama Online. Charlie, when you exit the spring game there at Alabama, which was rushed because of uh, storms coming in in Tuscaloosa on Saturday. What really sticks out to you? Yeah, well, first of all, it, it was pretty quick. Uh, you're not used to a football game moving that quickly with no halftime and everything because of TV these days. But um, the biggest standout to me was just the pass rush. And, and I know that the spring game is a little different. The quarterbacks are in black, no contact jerseys. So it's basically two-hand touch for them. That makes things a little bit easier for the pass rushers. And then you know, Alabama's offensive line, it, it's not at full strength. They have a couple of starters out. They have a few reserves. Total, they have, I think, three or four offensive linemen out this spring. You know, they, They're going to be bringing in a guy like Tyler Steen. So that that group is still in the works. But having said all that, just the the guys off the edge and, and even the defensive linemen, they were just really impressive. You know, Will Anderson basically had to be called off because he was just getting in the, in the backfield at will. That allows guys like Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell, who have had good springs, to continue to to do what they've done. And, and Dallas Turner had three sacks. The, the white defense, which is the first team defense, had had ten sacks in the game. And um, again, they're not bringing the quarterback down, but it wasn't like you know it was taking them long to get there. So to me, the biggest takeaway from the spring is just the defensive front seven and where it's at. And um, you know that's that's big because they're losing some guys in that group whether it's Fidera Mathis up front, Christian Harris is a guy that was able to, to provide some pressure and do some things at, at inside linebacker. They have a couple of outside linebackers that hit the transfer portal. So having to have guys step up into reserve roles, but you know, it looks like that, that train's going to keep rolling. And, you know, Will Anderson, even after the game, he, he made a comment. We don't really hear Alabama players, you know, kind of talk like this, but Will Anderson said, you know, we or a lot of people talk about the 2016 defense and their pass rush, and he feels like uh, this defense is getting ready to, to do the same thing. So big talk from him. I think he's a guy that can certainly back it up, but defensive front seven, whether outside linebackers, defensive line, inside linebackers, that was kind of what stole the show for me on Saturday. We all know what Will Anderson can do, and it almost seems like that he's about to go to another level this upcoming season, potentially, not necessarily just because of what we saw in the spring game, but but everything you've been hearing in the offseason and just having another year under his belt. He made it look so easy in that spring game. It almost looked like he didn't really have to exert much energy. As you said, that that defensive front, that front seven last season helped uh, set a school record with 57 sacks last season. The defense in that spring game this past Saturday had 15 sacks total, including 10, as you mentioned, by that first team defense. The guy that really intrigues me is one you mentioned there, and that's Dallas Turner who last year as a freshman had eight and a half sacks for Alabama and really came on the second half of the season. Listen, Alabama's going to have one of the better defensive fronts in college football this upcoming season. I think we all know that. But are we going to be talking about Will Anderson or Dallas Turner more 
at the end of this season? It's tough. I mean, I still think Will Anderson gets the edge just because he's the experienced player. I mean, this is a money year for him. You know, he has the potential to be a, a number one type uh, or number one pick type player uh, this offseason or I guess next offseason. But, um, you know, Dallas Turner, I think the presence of Dallas Turner is good news for Will Anderson because otherwise teams would just be double teaming 31. And so the emergence of Dallas, not only last year, but what he's done this spring and going into you know his only second season in the in the program, I think is, is going to be big for the entire group. But it, it helps a guy like Will Anderson to to you know not get as much attention as he normally would. And so you're right. I mean, Dallas Turner uh, had eight and a half sacks last year. That's more than Will Anderson had as a true freshman. And Will Anderson started every game as a true freshman. Uh, Dallas Turner only kind of came in the, the second half of the season. And I think he had uh, more than half of those in the last four games being the Iron Bowl and then the SEC championship game and, and the two playoff games. So you know, to, to add in another wrinkle, Chris Braswell is viewed as a third starter. And, you know, there's been talk this spring of, of them getting all three of those pass rushers on the field at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, Will Anderson is going to be one of the best players in the country once again. But if you're an opposing offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, whatever, you can't just put all your eggs in one basket to try to, you know, keep him from doing his thing because they have some other talented pass rushers. And Dallas Turner's the the guy that I think is going to be making a lot of noise there opposite him this fall. What do you think of uh, Eli Ricks, the defensive back transfer from LSU and how he'll fit in the, in the puzzle there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all the guys that came in as transfers this January are going to make a, a big time contribution. That's of course Ricks. And then on the offensive side, Jermaine uh, Burton and Jameer Gibbs, but Ricks is a little behind the eight ball in terms of the the group, just because he had that shoulder injury last year. Um, you know, he dropped some weight and he had to gain that back. And you know, he spent some time this spring in a, in a black Jersey. So he was a little limited in what he could do just because he was still recovering and, and everything. But um, yeah, I, I think he's right there in the mix. You know, that's one that's going to be interesting to watch because it's kind of unsettled the the competition at corner they have three guys competing for two spots with Riggs, Kool-Aid McKinstry and and Kyrie Jackson but uh, I think you know having been through the spring and been able to be on the field and then going through the spring game with no limitations and then now having a summer and a, a preseason camp to work with, I think learning the system and continuing to just, you know, add the weight back and, and get back to his old self and knock the rust off. I think Eli Ricks is a guy that could potentially be a starter in this this defense. I don't think he left LSU to be a reserve at Alabama. So, but it, it's not going to be given to him at the same time. I think, you know, Kool-Aid McKinstry, I would pencil him as a starter. He started, you know, six games last year as a true freshman, but the battle between Kyrie Jackson and, and Eli Ricks will be one to watch this summer. And I would give the edge to Ricks just because he's the more experienced player from a, a power five perspective. But uh, if he continues to do the things that he's been doing, I, I think that'll be, you know, easier said than done. Much more on Alabama with Charlie Potter after this break. So offensively at receiver, does Jermaine Burton, who transfers from rival Georgia and played that national championship game against Alabama, now he's in an Alabama Crimson Tide jersey, is he the next in line? It seems like that Alabama just seems like year after year here recently, they just restock and get that big game breaker receiver. Is Burton that guy Is there, or is there someone else on the roster we're not talking about right now? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's got the potential to be the number one receiver. Alabama lost a lot of the position. They had a couple of guys transfer away from the program. And then they had a guy like Ja'Cory Brooks, who I think is in that conversation as well. 
he didn't go through the spring because of injury. He was in a walking boot, you know, on the eight day on the field for the eight day game this past weekend. But you know, Jermaine Burton is a guy that came in and basically immediately stepped into a first team role this spring. He was Alabama's most consistent receiver. Nick Saban routinely praised him for his effort and ability. And um, you, know, you look at just the the Crimson team, which was the first team offense uh, in the eight day game, and and he led all players in targets with eight. He caught three passes for thirty six yards, and you know, the Crimson offense struggled, but that was because of the white team defense. And, um, you know, I think Jermaine Burton, I'm, I'm not going to go out and predict he's going to be Jamison Williams 2.0. They're, they're different players. I think that's why you hear Alabama looking at a guy like Tyler Harris or Ty- Tyler Harrell uh, from, from Louisville because he's someone with that kind of breakneck speed that can take the top off of defense. But Jermaine Burton can come in and fill a, a John Mechie-like role where he's the guy that Bryce Young looks to in most situations, kind of the go-to receiver, the possession receiver. So I think he's going to be a big part of this offense. They're going to need some other guys at receiver to step up, no doubt. And it'll be good to have Ja'Cory Brooks back healthy. They're going to get a few guys on campus this summer, but that's a position group where you know, they need more consistency. They had a lot of drops this spring, but um, you know, having said all that, the guy that kind of rose to the top and didn't have the, a lot of those problems was Jermaine Burton. Elsewhere offensively, I think we all know what we see with Bryce Young coming back after winning the Heisman Trophy. And But it's fascinating watching the offensive line, the running backs, as you mentioned, the offensive line dealing with some players sitting out because of injuries and recovery. But at running back, my goodness, that running back room is stacked. And the name everybody's talking about, of course, is Georgia Tech transfer. Jamar Gibbs had that big 75-yard run for a touchdown in the game. What sets him apart from the group? And also, what makes him different than maybe some other Alabama running backs we've seen in recent history? I mean, I think he's a a versatile player. And, you know, one thing that really wasn't mentioned a lot whenever, you know, Nick Saban, his teammates, other people were talking about in the spring was his speed. And that was on full display with that touchdown run that you mentioned. But, you know, he's a guy, I think he had almost, you know, 3,000 all-purpose yards at Georgia Tech. So not only could he run the ball, but he's effective as a receiver. He can also be a weapon in the return game. Uh, but, you know, I just think that that versatility is big because I think these other running backs can do that. But, Gibbs is kind of on another level from a receiver. He also, you know, Nick Saban kind of talked about it, um, you know, after the scrimmage. He has the patience, but then he has great bursts whenever he sees a hole. And uh, not saying that the other guys don't don't have that either, but, you know, that's one thing that, you know, he brings to the table is just kind of that, that speed and big playability. And, you know, it, it is a loaded running back room. You know, they're going to get Jace McClellan and Roy Dell Williams back healthy. And, and they did some things this spring. You know, Trey Sanders is continuing to gain confidence and, um, you know, kind of round back to his old form. You're going to be bringing in a, another freshman to join Jamarian Miller. So that's, that's a, a pretty loaded running back room. And it's a group that, you know, Nick Saban's routinely said that he doesn't have a lot of concerns about. And, and that's saying a lot, given that Brian Robinson's moving on after being the bell cow last year and then losing a guy like Kamar Wheaton, a former five-star recruit, that the the running back position, you know, looking at some of the other spots on the roster, it, it's nowhere near the top of the list in terms of, of concerns or question marks. So I think a lot of that has to do with Gibbs and what he brings to the table. And if he can continue to do what he did this spring, he's going to be a big part of this offense come the fall. Should Alabama fans be concerned at all about the offensive line, or was what we kind of saw just an issue with players sitting out, not being able to be full speed? And of course, as, as you mentioned, it, I mean, as everybody mentions, it, it takes time to gel 
And also, you got a transfer coming in. He's not yet on campus, just announced. Uh, Vanderbilt tackle Tyler Steen, who played at both left and right side, is coming into Alabama this summer and could potentially end up being a starter, if not a big-time role player for the Tide. I think it's somewhat of a concern, but it is still a work in progress. I've, I've said all spring long that the offensive line is, is TBD because you don't have Emil Ekior at right guard. You don't have Darian Dalcourt at center. You, know, you only have one center with real experience with Seth McLaughlin because you don't have James Brockermeyer out there either. Those are the three uh, injured players. And then you're right, Tyler Steen's coming in again, a, a power five transfer. These guys aren't leaving their schools or not going to other opportunities because they think they're going to be you're riding the bench. Uh, even though you know they're not promised anything, you know, they're brought in for a reason. Nick Saban's not going out there and just taking any transfer he likes. He's getting guys that he thinks can make an impact at certain at certain areas. And Tyler Steen is certainly uh, one of those guys. But um, I, I think you kind of have to put maybe an asterisk or take it with a grain of salt, what you see from the offensive line this spring because of the guys that are out. But also, you know, a lot of people are going to look stupid trying to block Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and these guys on the edge. And so I think what we saw Saturday and, and what was kind of on the field you know, throughout the spring will be completely different than what we see game one against Utah State come early September. So Tyler Steen coming in, getting guys like Emil Ekior and Darian Dalcourt back in the fold, and then you'll continue that competition at the tackle spots. I think that's going to persist throughout the, the summer end of preseason camp. And we might not know what this offensive line will look like exactly until you know, that first game. You know, listen, I, 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 Nick Saban is the greatest of all time. We all know that. And coming off a loss to Georgia in the national championship game, it, it almost to me, and I'm sure a lot of other people, I just kind of assume, well, Bama's going to end up winning the national title this year. Saban's not going to obviously wrestle on his laurels, but man, there's so much talent coming back and there's going to be so much focus with this team. What is the attitude like among the team and the coaches after the way this past season ended and with all this talent coming back? Yeah, you never really want to face a motivated Alabama team. <laughs> yeah. And they certainly weren't that um, to start this past season. You know, we saw it on the road at Florida at Texas A&M. And then guys like Will Anderson and Bryce Young started to find their voices as leaders. And now, you know, they're there through the offseason program, through spring practice. And I think other guys have stepped up getting seniors back like Henry Toa Toa. Uh, Jordan Battle, DJ Dale, those guys have, have stepped into bigger leadership roles. So yeah, I think from a mindset and approach standpoint, Alabama's in good shape. You know, they've they've cut some fat. Nick Saban said they don't have any complainers. Make of that what you will. Is seeing guys that have left the roster, but then you know you're right. The talent is there. I think if the offensive line can come together, if they can get some wide receivers to step up and be more consistent, you know, this offense can be really good because. Bryce Young is back as the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. We just outlined the talent they have at the running back position. And then this defense is is talking like they want to be, you know, the defense of a few years ago. And uh, they they were good just to end this past season. I think they finished top 10 in, in scoring total and, and rushing defense. They obviously led the nation in sacks and, and tackles for loss, but they have somewhat of a chip on their shoulder and a bit of an attitude. And, and that's that's good news for Alabama fans and not so good news for everybody else. So if they can keep guys healthy, and again, those those positions we've talked about, if if those can kind of, you know, come together and and make progress and improve this offseason, yeah, I don't think it's out of the question looking at Alabama's schedule that they can go not only undefeated, but but win a national championship. This is a, a solid team. And if all the pieces fall into place and stay on the field, they're gonna be very, very difficult to beat. 
surprise, surprise, Bama's back <laughs> once again. And they, they've got maybe uh, the most talented roster in the country, especially when you look at the 24-7 sports uh, team talent composite. Between them and Ohio State, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Alabama's loaded, and it might not be done stockpiling players for the upcoming season because of the transfer portal. That's a scary thought. Thanks to Charlie Potter for joining us and sharing his intel from the ground there in Tuscaloosa. You can follow Charlie on Twitter at Charlie underscore Potter. You can follow me, Brandon Marcello, at B Marcello. For producer Lance Glenn, thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. We'll catch up again Friday.